Everybody that you meet, you can learn something from them. It's not necessarily what you achieve in life that matters most, but it's who you become in the process of those achievements that really matters. We all need people who believe in us. They expand the boundaries we place on our own lives. What makes me most proud is how I played the game. Being real, authentic, and spontaneous, and loving the game, to me, is what it was all about. When you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Hello and welcome to The Mission. I'm your host, Jameer Howerton. And as everybody knows, we are concluding our campaign with football's Corona Comeback. And we had an opportunity on ProFootballHOF.com to really highlight some of the great heroes of this game and the lessons that they've learned from football and how they're on the front lines fighting COVID-19 or coming back from COVID-19. Well, today, guys, we have a very exciting show for you to give you a different perspective from a football legend who is not fighting on a gridiron no more, but he is in the ER of the Massachusetts General Hospital, Mr. Dr. Myron Roll. Dr. Roll, thank you for taking time out of your schedule today to join us right here on The Mission. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Sir, before we dive in and talk about the lessons that you've learned that have helped you through the game of football, that have helped you learn in your career of what you're doing now, let's just talk about some of the amazing things that the Dr. Myron Roll Foundation COVID-19 is doing. Yeah, so uh, the Myron L. Roll Foundation, we started it uh, back in 2008 when I was an undergrad at Florida State University. I wanted to find a way to drive a good, uh, solid, uh, effectual change into the world. And this structured vehicle, this structured medium of a foundation was a way to do that. We work with foster kids in Florida and also back home in the Bahamas where I'm from. But right now, the call is to, you know, uh, find the least of these, the underserved. And, and we have donated 500 masks to the Boys and Girls Club up here in Boston, Ryan, and then back down in Florida at a mental health clinic. So just to sort of, you know, connect with uh, my alma mater and my home base. So it's, um, it means a lot. Uh, we know that uh, COVID-19 is, is serious. I've been battling with it every day in the hospital up here at Harvard, but uh, there's other things that we can do. And having this service mindset, this sort of altruistic approach to, to life and serving with people who are walking uh, past us on the street every day is important to the mission of my foundation. And giving these masks is, uh, is one step that we're trying to do our part. Dr. Roll, I, 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 I'm so fascinated of your story because, you know, we look at the gridiron greats and that's my logo here of working with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Our mission is to honor the heroes of the game, preserve its history, promote its values and celebrate excellence everywhere. And it doesn't matter if you played a year, two, three or whatever. Your legacy is always in, it's cemented in Canton, Ohio. With that being said, what were some of the lessons of the game that you learned that has helped you throughout your path today? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, my father uh, taught us football. Uh, you know, we come from the Bahamas, and he started the Caribbean American Football League back home. And when he got to the United States, he showed us tapes of the old Miami Dolphins teams and how to tackle correctly down through leading those squads. And so I continued to develop as an athlete through my adolescent years and into college playing at Florida State. And during this time, and even you know, with the Tennessee Titans in the league, I, I was able to really hone in on some of the characteristics that would help make me a better leader. Preparation, uh, hard work, teamwork. These things are evident and true in my life as a physician today. 
you know, you're dealing with so many different people in the operating room. You have to communicate with them. You have to understand them. You have to get on the same page because the most important person at that particular moment is the patient on the table and you're trying to affect change in their life by helping them or maybe even saving their life. I think the thing that football has taught me the most uh, that's helped me today being a, a physician, especially a brain surgeon, is uh, how to overcome adversity and deal with pressure correctly. You know, there's nothing like being in front of 85,000 fans and you know, having to sort of go up for a jump ball and make the play at you versus the receiver and just get it done and have that pressure. But it's also nothing like getting into an artery when you're not supposed to, or maybe you're just trying to access a part of the tumor that's really, really tough and really interwoven into uh, the brain tissue. Uh, and you have to be, remain calm, go back to your fundamentals, uh, stick true to your disciplines and your principles, and get the job done. And so football has taught me how to breathe through these moments and get it done, and uh, it's been very, very helpful. How's it been, doctor? You know, um, I'm originally from, we're, we're both from the tri-state area, and I live now in Northeast Ohio, and I have a lot of family that's from Long Island, um, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Harlem. And, it, it, you know, it's terrifying when I'm on the phone because being out here in rural Ohio, we're spread out and, you know, we, 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 we stay true to Governor DeWine's quarantine rules and washing your hands, social distancing. And we continue as, you know, states are starting to reopen where they are reopening and the Pro Football Hall of Fame is reopening its doors June 10th. Um, not only what is your message but what's it been like just seeing the devastation early on when fighting this disease on the front line? Well, it's been sobering for sure. Uh, you know, I, I went into medicine to do neurosurgery, brain and spine and peripheral neurosurgery. And then we had to be redistributed and redeployed around the hospital because the influx of patients in Boston was so high. And we just needed the man and personnel power to staff and triage and manage these patients. Now, you know, we don't deal with respiratory system quite often. So we had to take our leadership and our principles from anesthesiologists, critical care doctors, intensivists, emergency room doctors, and they were very helpful to kind of help get us along and, and, and be able to fight this fight and join uh, in this COVID mission that we have at Mass General Hospital. Uh, but I've seen patients have to have end-of-life discussions with their families because they've been decompensating so quickly, had to get emergently intubated. I've seen patients, you know, have to get flipped over prone uh, and then stay there because they have to try to expand their lungs infectious disease using all different treatments and therapies, getting all these different tests and scans, it's a real serious thing. And so for the lifestyle behavior modifications that we've been trying to do, as you mentioned, social distancing, physical distancing, staying home, washing your hands, good proper hand hygiene, all these things are important. Sometimes they're difficult to do when you live in tight quarters, close quarters, like the Northeast and the Tri-State area, as you mentioned. But it's our job, I think, in two prongs as medical professionals to do our job and take care of these patients in the hospital, but as best as you can to remain vigilant and to remain uh, disciplined when it comes to protecting yourself and protecting others. Because although things are sort of slowed down and the, and the curve is not only flattened, but it's going down, right. there, could be a, there could be another spike at some point. And we want to make sure that we're not um, off balance for that one too. We want to make sure we're ready to mitigate anything that happens in the future. And with that being staying disciplined, what is the message moving forward? As I mentioned, you're starting to see the country reopen. What is that one message that you're still pounding um, your fist, if you will, of what we have to do as a, as a nation? Well, sir, the first thing I, I would say is, you know, uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 is a, a droplet precaution and, and contact precaution that you have to uh, be very, very aware of. And so if it's going to last on your hands or last on the surface of your shoes or your clothes, make sure that you're washing things properly. Make sure that you're washing your hands 
properly and you're being very careful with what you touch. It can last on surface for quite a quite some time. If you're going to be in a large crowd and you have to be in a large crowd, look at everyone as almost if they're asymptomatic carriers. Mm. They don't have to be coughing, sneezing, you know, shortness of breath, wheezing, you know, chest trying to expand, using accessory muscles to breathe. They don't have to look like that. They can look like you and me, but they can still be carrying. Look at everyone like that, especially if you're in a crowd. Wear a mask, protect yourself, and try to limit your exposure to, uh, to those things. I think it, it will get better once we have a vaccination and proper antiviral therapy that can certainly be widely distributed, that's safe and efficacious for everyone. But for right now, I'd almost be neurotic to the point to make sure that you are being very, very safe for yourself and your family. Wow. And that's some amazing work that your foundation is doing is giving out those masks to people and, and still keeping everybody informed. Um, you've been blessed to be a part of some amazing backfields with the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But more importantly, the team that you on now for the people that, you know, that you work with the doctors and the nurses and the caretakers that we don't know, who are some of those teammates that you would like to shout out now that have been working side by side with you to fighting this, the COVID-19? Wow, amazing, amazing group of men and women, women and men from all walks. I mean, as you mentioned, the team is somebody, a group that comes together to, uh, for the collective goal. And our goal is trying to heal these patients and do the best we can from materials management, the people who hand us our, our scrubs and make sure that you know, our, all of our equipments are, are, are done correctly from a transport team. And we need a patient to come down to the emergency department or go to the operating room with a group of people who have to transport those people from one floor to the next. The hospital is big. And they have to do this. They are sacrificing themselves as well. Food services uh, who keep us healthy and keep us, you know, uh, with proper nutrition. Secretary, security, uh, making sure that we're washing our hands when we enter the hospital. Make sure we're putting on masks when we enter the hospital. Obviously, nurses, pharmacists, doctors uh, alike, researchers, amazing group of people, administrators. We've all come together, been joined on the same team, linked arm in arm. And I think that's why you see Mass General Hospital leading the country when it comes to fighting coronavirus and doing well and doing the good work uh, that is acquired from us and is charged uh, by us to um, be provided in this very uh, um, dangerous and precarious situation. Wow, we salute you and all the others that we had the opportunity of highlighting your stories on ProFootball, um, HOF.com and Tony Baselli, who actually, one of the NFL legends that came down with it, he shared his story about how his wife had it, his daughter had it, and they had to fight through it. Um, but before we let you go, man, I got to know, what do you miss about the game of football if there's anything if you do miss of it? Oh, I miss the game a lot. You, you talk to my wife, and she's like, man, you get more fired up for football than you do for brain surgery. I'm like, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, but it's great, man. I, I think I miss a lot to him the most, honestly. And I still – Talk to my boys, Vinny Fuller, Troy Palomalu, uh, Ryan Clark, Ike Taylor, uh, Chris Hope, the guys who I played with. Um, you know, these guys are just amazing individuals. We got a chance to uh, go to Bible study together after practice. We go to high school games in Nashville, Tennessee, and, and watch players. We go eat, and we just, we, you know, I've been in their weddings. They've been in my wedding. It's just, it's, uh, it's amazing brotherhood. The bond that you have is great. Uh, I don't take anything away from, like, co-neurosurgery residents. They're great people, too. But they're more scientific and talking about things outside of science might be a little bit more challenging. But my boys in the football field, these are my guys for life, and I just cherish and miss them. Too. Well, we can't wait to host you and your family at the most inspiring place on earth, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. With Dr. Roll, much continued success. We thank you for giving us this time to share your story right here on The Mission. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.